Good evening and welcome to the NFL Draft. Tonight, we officially welcome the next generation of players. So if you're ready, are you ready? Let's get it started. The NFL Draft is officially open. Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. I am Trevor Sikova. With me is Benjamin Solak. It's a Wednesday edition of the podcast, which means it is time for a midweek mock draft. Ben and I are going to be going through every pick of the first round, selecting a prospect for wherever that team is picking this week. We're using a live updated draft order, so it's not going to be the same order that we saw last week. It's going to be totally new. It's going to be a lot of fun. But before we get to that, we got a message from our friends over at Pepsi who are reminding us that this football season is going to be different. And Pepsi is here to get us ready for game day, no matter how we are watching this season. Pepsi is the refreshment that you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels each and every day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. Ben, I feel like the the longer the season goes on, and this might be a little bit of an obvious statement, but the longer the season goes on, the more and more I get excited to do these mock drafts and think about the types of prospects I get to fit with each team because the needs are getting a little bit more solidified the, the closer we get to uh, to the playoffs. Yeah, I think it's always senior bowl invites that start to do it for you, right? Ah, you're like, so right. Yeah, yeah. You're it's right. like, hey, like we get to start knowing things about things about people with things. That is for real. <laughs> uh, and so, no, I'm 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 very excited about that. What I realized that I'm, I'm pumped about right now is I I've, I didn't realize that we moved mocks from Monday to Wednesday and still kept the alliteration. Little midweek Wednesday or midweek no frick midweek mock draft right right that's why that's why I did it when we when you and I folks when Ben and I had this conversation we're like man we really want to bring back mock drafts truly the number one most important thing was yeah but we don't want to lose the alliteration but yeah, we know but that you Monday. you guys you guys love the Monday shows and Ben and I honestly we love doing the recap Monday shows so we didn't want to take those out and yeah midweek mock draft it's perfect. Stays intact. Want to get to the midweek mock draft? Why don't, why don't we get straight to the midweek mock draft? We have each now gone back and forth here with the midweek mock. I picked odds, I believe, to start, and you did odds last yeah. week. It's your turn to take the first overall pick. Yes. Okay, so we're doing... I didn't know if we were doing just, like, turns or... Okay, so, all right, whatever. I'll go first, which also means that I am picking for the Eagles at 19 and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 27, which is always the... Uh, the extra the fun ones. of picking for the odd numbers. Number one, though, not very stressful. There's not a lot of stress here with this one as long as the Jets are picking number one overall. The pick is going to be Trevor Lawrence. So you don't have to waste too much time on that. It's the most important position that they need the most. Trevor Lawrence here at number one overall. Uh, Yeah, and I mean, like, I'm if I'm ever going to get spicy at the top of the draft, it's going to be putting Justin Fields ahead of Trevor Lawrence. It's not going to be doing anything other than drafting Justin Fields at two if he's there. Uh. Jaguars currently with the second overall pick. I've gotten close now a couple of times with Jake Luton to losing their their hold on this position here. They've, they've nearly won back-to-back games. Um, but for now, there's still two, which means Justin Fields would still unquestionably be the pick. By the way, Jaguars fans, if you have not seen the Jaguars field jersey swap for the Draft Network on Twitter, on Instagram, it's, it's sick. freaking sick. It is. It's. I got to say, man, Fields just looks so good. 
in a Jaguars jersey. He just looks so good. It's such a clean jersey swap. It's beautiful. I'm sorry out there for any, uh, I guess, probably just Washington football team fans, maybe New York Giants fans as well, that are hoping to see Justin Fields wearing their team's colors. But, man, I just... uh, I'm loving these fields edits when he's going to Jacksonville. So now we have the actual start of the mock draft, which is at number three overall. And this week, because of the live draft order, we have Washington picking at number three. I believe they were picking five last week, which kind of complicated things, made the draft a little bit tough. But I've said before that Washington cannot go into next season with the same quarterback room. They just can't. And with them giving up on Dwayne Haskins, I mean, like, let's just call a spade a spade. They've given up on Dwayne Haskins. Alex Smith isn't your guy. You can't you can't go into next season boasting either of Alex Smith or Kyle Allen as hey, get excited about 2021. It's Kyle Allen. Yeah. <sighs> and Alex Smith is a great comeback story for this season, but it's got to be something different next year. They have to have a different direction. So I'm sticking with quarterback, even though they could really use an offensive lineman like Penny Sewell. And I am gonna go with Zach Wilson. I'll go with Zach Wilson here as the third quarterback off the board. I know that Kyle Krabs did this for his mock draft that he released over at the Draft Network on Monday, but let's have some fun here. I got to give Washington a quarterback, and we'll give him Wilson. I wonder when, like, we are, we're currently in, like, three quarterbacks in the top three mode, clearly. I wonder when, like, inevitably we're going to swing back. Whenever you do mock drafts, you always, you always want something interesting. So inevitably you're going to swing back, and accordingly, I think, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to figuring out when that is and kind of when we... If, it, when, if ever, we kind of get off the early quarterback train, or if the league I, is just like, yeah, you know what, we're doing this. That's the thing. I, I feel like if we were to get off of it, it would be when we get some more intel on what the league believes with both Zach Wilson and Trey Lance specifically. And if both, if a lot of teams in the league don't see Zach Wilson and Trey Lance as these like surefire top 10 picks, then all of a sudden, you know, we're going Sewell at number three to Washington and we're, we're picking somebody else for the giants or, or who else. So I think that it would really just, it, it time will tell when we learn how high the league is on a lot of these guys, because right now these teams need quarterbacks and we got to give them the interview. We got to give them the good quarterbacks. That gives me the Cowboys at four similar problem to the one I just agonized through uh, last Wednesday. Uh, only quarterback left is Trey Lance. Everybody else is still on the table. But the needs of the Cowboys don't necessarily align very well with the top players in this draft. I, I've seen a lot of good Cowboys guys, like Jeff Cavanaugh, Dane Brugler, uh, talking about in this position, would you take Penny Sewell? Would you really hunt a trade back? Kind of what would you go for? And as I was mulling that over my head, I realized, you know, the majority of the needs for the, the Cowboys are on defense, right? I think corner, edge, linebacker safety these are all critical needs for the cowboys most of the top players at those positions michael parsons caleb farley gregory rousseau have really played haven't played this year they've they've not risen we haven't had a a defensive riser into a firm top five status because a lot of the top guys opted out this year you know best corner we've got playing is pat sertan Uh, you know best edge we've got playing is probably quitty pay you know so it's nobody's really played themselves into that position yet so uh, i do think that if Micah Parsons were playing, then Parsons would be getting that run as that potential top linebacker, top defensive player, fifth overall sort of a pick guy, right? Like, you know, this this is the, the top you're going to get on the defensive side of the football. Now, once again, we have the question, does this fit with what the Cowboys need? If you look at the Cowboys linebacker room, they have Jalen Smith on his contract. 
five years they gave him. So he signed through 2024. Leighton Van Der Esch, they have for, uh, through 2021 and then the fifth-year option in 2022. And so if they're drafting Parsons, I, it, you've got a lot of, of money, a lot of draft capital to get on the field. And so it's very, very tricky with Dallas, figuring out if you have to go defense, who would they take? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Pay at four. Wow, I think that if there's okay. any player who's going to be able to play themselves into the top 10 conversation that we'd not, we talk about Greg, so we talk about Michael Parsons, we talk about Caleb Farley, we talk about Pat Sertan. Mm-hmm. If there's any player who's got an outside shot to play himself into this conversation, it would be Pay. Do I think that the Cowboys would try to get out of this spot? Yes. Yeah. But as it stands, quitty pay. I'm with you. And look, big you know, Michigan edge. Cowboys fans are going to hate me. We're doing we're doing mock drafts here in November. And, and I've long been a preacher of the sermon that, look, you don't want every mock to just look exactly the same, especially during the season. This is the time to formulate the what if to have different conversations to place guys with different teams at different spots and to say hey what do we think about this and I thought I you know right there you just outlined a very good conversation about hey you know here's what Dallas needs but here's the landscape of college football and so we land on Quiddy Pay and look if you're talking about the top edge rusher playing in college football right now it's not out of the question to say the top 10 would be in the cards, so why not? I like this. I like that we're switching it up a little bit here because Pay is definitely on the rise in a big way, both in the run and pass game. He, he's showing it all this year for Michigan. This makes it pretty easy for me at number five with the Los Angeles Chargers. I've long said that they need to go offensive line in the first round. They need to figure out a way to make it happen, whether it is at their original spot or making a trade back and getting a nice deal. If they can get offensive tackle Penny Sewell, that's the pick. They will sprint to the podium to make yeah. this happen. I, I I could have gotten creative with a different offensive lineman. I'm not going to ruin it because I'm going to say his name kind of soon. But for now, this one is super easy. Penny Sewell is on the board. He will be a charger as quickly as they can turn that card in. Dolphins now at six. Uh, this is the first of two Dolphins picks. They're at six and they're at 22. Uh, Michael Parsons still available. We talked a little bit on Wednesday about what Parsons could mean for the Dolphins, how highly they should value him relative to other guys they can get at the uh, at a similar role as their big off-ball linebacker versus the entire wide receiver room available. Mm. Kyle gave them Jalen Waddle over Jamar Chase in the Monday mock draft, citing I, yeah I saw that yeah citing that you know with. Devontae Parker as their contested catch guy. They have a bigger need as their slot separator yak guy, and Waddle is potentially equivalent to Chase. And I get it, and I hear it. I also think Jamar Chase is a better player than Jalen Waddle. And that's where I am on those wide receivers. So for me, I would still, if I were running the Dolphins, want to take Jamar Chase in this context. So I like Jamar Chase at six for the Dolphins. Okay, well, there we go. I thought you were going to go Micah Parsons there. I really did. I thought that we were going to hear some wide receiver talk and then just go Parsons. Right. So if you look at Kyle's second round, he gives he gives them Zayvon Collins, the kid out of Tulsa, who's oh, like six yeah. three, two sixty, right? And that's the thing is like I just don't think you need to spend this early a pick to get Michael Parsons to fill that role when you can get it later. And it's probably it's not going to be as good, but sure. it is like you know it's off ball linebacker, top ten. You you know I, it's not where I want to be spending my money. That's and and that's totally fair. That that is totally fair there, and I get that argument. There's a lot of good linebackers that I think we had in the closer to the top fifty, even the top one hundred. You can get great linebackers there. Um, Everybody, when it comes to getting or staying in shape, nothing feels as good as that feeling of accomplishment. You know, hitting your fitness goals, feeling great about yourself. Echelon can get you there. Echelon offers the next 
generation of connected fitness bikes, fitness mirrors, rowing machines, and all their new Echelon Stride Smart treadmills as well. No matter what your favorite fitness activity is, Echelon gives you a fun and challenging workout from the comfort of your own home. Their world-class instructors are going to motivate you with thousands of daily live and on-demand studio level classes, always available whenever you need them. And unlike their competitors, Echelon is very affordable for everyone. Christmas is coming up soon, folks. Even for those of you who haven't put up your Christmas tree yet, time to start thinking of gifts. This could be an idea here for a family member. One membership lets up to five family members all work out at the same time as well. Right now, you can try Echelon Fitness Equipment at home also for 30 days. They have that 30-day guarantee. Go to echelonfit.com slash NFL. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N dot com slash NFL. No, there's fit after that. Sorry, echelonfit.com slash NFL. Check it out for yourself. You might end up buying one. Like I said, it could make a really great Christmas gift, guys. You got to keep that on your mind. Cincinnati Bengals, back to the midweek mock. Cincinnati Bengals are at number seven. And here's the guy that I was going to mention for the Los Angeles Chargers. Had you taken Penny Sewell number four for the Cowboys? Chargers are up here, and I think I think offensive tackle is by far their biggest need. Surrounding a good uh, surrounding Joe Burrow with a good offensive line is paramount for their long-term success. Remember, the investment of a number one overall pick quarterback does not stop when you use that number one pick on them. The investment continues for years after that to make sure it is worth that high price tag. Number seven overall, I'm going to have him going offensive lineman for Virginia Tech, Christian Darisaw. I mentioned him on the Tuesday yeah, podcast. I'm so impressed with him. Joe Marino really got me on him a couple of weeks ago, and I'm like, all right, okay. I'll pop him on. I'll see what it's all about. And he really was as advertised. I really do think that he could be a top 10, top 15 offensive tackle and offensive tackle two in this class after Sewell. And so I think this is a good fit here for the Bengals uh, getting offensive tackle. Uh, yeah, easy smash on Michael Parsons for the Giants at eight. Uh, Giants obviously falling back out of the top five with their win against the Eagles. Now kind of gives them a little bit of a different profile on who they could pick. But Parsons, who often is the pick for them when they're at four or five, lasts to them at eight. Uh, in the same way that people view Parsons as a good fit for the Dolphins defense, you know, Joe Judge, Patrick Graham, or Patrick Graham used to be the defensive coordinator in Miami. Like, you know, we're talking about uh, a, a Dolphins inspired defense, a very man cover heavy defense. The Giants are one of the worst, if not the worst. Uh, they, they've given up the most receiving yardage so far to running backs this year. That was before the Eagles game. The Eagles didn't have a ton of receiving yards uh, uh, to back, so maybe they've fallen back, but they're one of the worst. Michael Parsons is obviously going to give you a ton of man coverability, both over tight ends and over running backs because of his athletic ability at his frame. He also gives you a, a tremendous foil to uh, Blake Martinez because now Martinez can play your Sam role. He can take on blocks. He can make tackles in gaps, be physical. And that lets Parsons do the range work that you so desperately need in that linebacker room. Let him be run and chase. So Michael Parsons at eight, that may, to me makes too much sense. You're robbing the Carolina Panthers, man. One pick before. That's Panthers the four, fans. man. Nine is the four for Parsons right now. Oh, Panthers fans were so close. So uh, I'll go cornerback instead. We have not taken a corner yet. Caleb Farley still on the board here. That's a big need for Carolina. They definitely have to upgrade that after losing James Bradbury in free agency. And so uh, with Parsons off the board, who I think would probably be their, well, I don't I don't know about number one guy in that draft. Would he? Carolina Panthers make a big board. Is Parsons number one? I mean, like, Sewell no. number one. Yeah. And, like, probably, I mean, 
depending on what happens with Curtis Samuel, maybe they want wide receiver up there as well. But defense-wise, yes, Parsons above I, literally any other player. I think it might be. I think if we're making a Carolina big board right now, go Sewell Parsons. Well, I mean, I, I guess that we can't be silly, and people are probably screaming at us. Like, let's let's. It goes Lawrence Fields, right? Like, let's Still be let's be, real, let's be real about it here. Even if Bridgewater's been playing well, it's still Lawrence Fields, Sewell, <laughs> yeah. and then I think Parsons. But all right, so all that talk, I, I'm picking Caleb Farley. I'm getting them a shutdown corner. Yeah, yeah, no, and that's the thing is that even though linebacker is such a drastic need for them, corner is also a place that they can improve upon. Falcons at ten. Our weekly checkup on the Matt Ryan contract. Oh wait, let me. Yep. Oh yeah, he's he still owed a still ton of money. Owed a lot of money. And, and here, but the thing is, like, I like you know the the Falcons very often get paired with whatever quarterback remains here at the end of the top ten, and I understand that because the sensation around the Falcons is not that necessarily they immediately need a quarterback, but rather it's they may not be in a, a such a good position to get a quarterback under a new coaching staff, right? Like this sure. team is expected to be better than a top 10 pick. Given the way the offense is performing, they very well still could end up better than a top 10 pick. And so people kind of give them a quarterback because they're in the range to get one. I think Ryan's obviously is the quarterback for this team in 2021. He's got a dead cap hit of 50 million. I think he's still the quarterback of this team in 2022. Matt Ryan's not the problem. Uh, so I'm not going to give them a quarterback here. I'm looking at an edge room that obviously just lost Tack McKinley, uh, got rid of Vic Beasley this past year, simply has failed to hit on any uh, ed- significant edge picks in recent years. And I look at Greg Rousseau, who uh, I don't think the Falcons are going to be wildly competitive in 2021 so maybe you're okay with the fact that he has a little bit of a long ramp up but even then the athletic ability for Rousseau is what's getting him billed as a top 10 player again this is a player we haven't seen perform this year because he opted out we got to remember Daniel Jeremiah said that this was the most talented player in the class when he watched him and and Jeremiah very often echoes things that the league and general managers believe so even though I'm not sure I'm there on Rousseau as a top 10 pick I anticipate the league will be uh Falcons have typically liked athletes though obviously Dimitrov might be on the outs or Dimitrov is on the outs excuse me yeah he's, oh, but they he's, always like he's currently on the outs yeah, yeah, yeah. he is so, the outs he is out so Greg Rousseau at, at, at 10 for the Falcons Denver Broncos are up at 11 you know, I would have thought about Christian Darisaw here. I've seen some chatter with him being linked to the Broncos, and that could perhaps be the case. Maybe it is that Darisaw isn't going as early as I had him going in this mock draft, but edge rusher, I still don't think edge rusher is that big of a need, especially over corner when Patrick Sertan is still on the board. You know, when we're in a instance that only one corner has been taken, if Sertan or Farley are there, I think they're going to be Broncos. But... No, I, I got to go with it. We've talked about how the cornerback room isn't as dire as maybe that top need suggests that it is in Denver. Maybe this could go a different direction. But I'm not picking a different offensive lineman. I'm not giving him an edge guy. You already took Parsons off the board. Yeah, I'm going Sertan. I'm still going Sertan here. I think that that's probably the best bang for their buck. I'll be honest with you, Trev. Yeah. I wanted Sertan at 12. Mm-hmm. Can you make me a deal? Trevor, imagine drafting Jalen Waddle for the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> do it, coward. No, you can't. They just drafted Debo and Ayuk. They can't. So? Like, can they? No, they can't. Look at the Dallas Cowboys. Look what they did. 
They drafted they drafted C D Lamb and then their entire right, but they, franchise the, the, went the, to the, hell. The Niners don't play eleven personnel enough to warrant it. But they could. But what if they did? <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, focus. Um <laughs> Right, with no corner available, I'd either have to go reaching for, for Sean Wade, JC Horn, Darian Kendrick, Tyson Campbell. At this stage, that's way too early for me. Interior offensive line feels like the move here. Wyatt Davis, we think he moves well enough to be on a, a heavy stretch zone team. Probably. Yeah, I think he, yeah, yeah, I think he's dominant enough to make yeah, yeah. it happen. So they won't look at Elijah Barrett Tucker this early, even though he's local. Okay, am I overthinking this? Who's best available? Waddle, Pitts, Lance, Lance. Well, right. I mean, like Lance was the big one. You didn't bring up quarterback at all, and so yeah. I was wondering. I was if I was not even in it. the in the mindset. Did you see Shanahan's quote about Jimmy Garoppolo today? No, did he call him bad? No, he didn't call him bad. He said, uh, "Yeah, he's I bad. expect Jimmy to be our starter next year. I expect him to come and play with us this year. We have six games left. He's going to win playoff games for us. Uh, it's a lot harder to win games than he's not here. So he gave a big vote of confidence for Couldn't care less. Jimmy Garoppolo. Right, but I'm in charge right now. Oh, Lord, I couldn't care less about a quarter, yeah. about a guy who's going to be quarterback I think, for I think you if you're, if you're at 12 and a, and a prospect of Lance's caliber is available, listen, even if you want to give Jimmy another year and just have Lance in behind him, I, it's a bad bet to expect Garoppolo to play 16 games in the first place. And secondly, you may be getting an improvement without having to move up. So Trey Lance at 12. I'm glad I didn't miss. I knew I was overthinking something there. I could, I could feel it. So I went back and checked, and we were all right. Kyle Shanahan get, didn't get to where he is as a coach because of like dumb luck or hoping that that a prospect who has already shown you exactly who he is is at some point going to then not be that. He's not that kind of coach. Right. That's why he's a good coach. Detroit Lions at number 13. I'm not going to pick Dylan Moses. I'm not going to pick a linebacker here. Wide receiver could obviously be in need. We've talked about how no wide receiver is under contract other than Quintez Cephas for 2021. They'd sure like to bring Kenny Galladay back, but Kenny Galladay is going to be like, hey, just just basically bring the whole bank to my house and just like plop it right there next to the pool. I don't know if the Lions are going to want to do that. Interior defensive line. It's too early to pick any interior defensive lineman, right? Unless I'm forgetting somebody. Nah, I'm not doing that. All right, I guess we're, I guess we're going wide receiver. Jalen Waddle. That would happen. have been my pick, yeah. Jalen Waddle. You bring Galladay back, and then all of a sudden you got Matt Stafford, you got DeAndre Swift, you got TJ Hawkinson, you got Jalen Waddle, you got Kenny Galladay. There you go. Right. That would have been my pick. Even if you're bringing Galladay back, you're improving on Danny Amendola. And if you're not bringing Galladay back, then obviously you need a, a wide receiver help, and Waddle's probably the best player on the board at the position. 14 Vikings. Oh, thank goodness I didn't draft Wyatt Davis because now I need him. Uh, no, I mean, like, the Vikings, it's unfortunate. They get given Wyatt Davis a lot. He's the best interior offensive lineman comfortably. Uh, they don't have major needs elsewhere. I mean, you could invest in another young corner if you wanted and, and kind of continue to garner competition there. If you lose Anthony Harris, you need a free safety. Uh, the only player I would consider right now is Cisco, but with the injury, I think that's that's too much of a question mark. I'm not sold that, that Mike Zimmer would love him. And then they also need, uh, uh, you know, trading away Yannick and Gakwe. They need to look at edge and get pass rushers there. But once you've got Rousseau and Pay off the board, I think you're you're stepping down into the next tier. So this is just not it's not a good spot for what the Vikings need. I don't know, like it's way too early to say trade down candidate, but maybe a trade down candidate if the board felt like this. As it stands, I'm going to be boring. I'm sorry, Minnesota fans. I think Wyatt Davis is the pick here. Patriots of fifteen. I mean, it's another boring one, right? I mean, some interior defensive line help, 
maybe some linebacker stuff, but I feel like they'll get Dante Hightower back and he'll be fine. They've lost a lot of guys that are sitting out, that are opting out. I feel like we forget that a lot about this Patriots team. They, they look they look like a roster that needs a lot of work, and I still do think they need work, but they, they also lost a lot to opting out that I think a lot of guys are going to come back next year and it's going to be better for them. And so the big ones to me, tight end wide receiver. And wide receivers that are left, Devonta Smith, I think they'd be great with him. Rashad Bateman as well. Rondell Moore, I think all these guys would be good Patriots. But the tight end factor, it's huge. If you get a tight end that can be a true mismatch at all times, any given week, you can find other wide receivers. There's uh, there's going to be, as we have seen throughout the last couple of classes, there's going to be handfuls of good wide receiver classes that are going to come through the next couple of years. I can't guarantee you there's going to be another Kyle Pitts or you know even Pat Fryermuth kind of player. And I'm taking Kyle Pitts above Pat Fryermuth, and so... That's where I'm going. I think Bill Belichick's going to see the same. It's the value of the position and knowing that Kyle Pitts is that much better and more dominant than a lot of other tight ends that are going to come out year after year. So give you Pitts here at 15 for the Pats. If you switched around Pat Fryermuth's name, it'd be Fat Fryermuth. Yeah, it would. Good. Yeah. You ever think about that? No, I, no, I didn't. No. Middle school me who, who spoonerized literally like every word that I could possibly think of w- would have thought of that. But Guess what? Uh, middle school me is still middle school me. Chicago Bears at 16. No quarterbacks on the board. That's not true. No, none of the top four quarterbacks on the board. <laughs> and we ain't taking Kyle Trask or Mac Jones this high yet. And we're not that nuts. Man, that sucks for Chicago. And then you, you look at offensive line, and with Wyatt Davis just selected, you're either going interior uh, with Elijah Vera Tucker or, or Creed Humphrey. Uh, Vera Tucker's been playing tackle this year at USC. Or you're going off at the tackle. Rashawn Slater, Liam Eikenberg, Sammy Cosme, Dylan Radins. League apparently likes Radins a lot. is there too. Do they like him All... a lot? Yeah. Radins? Yeah. They're big enough? Uh, he's an NFLer. Well, for sure. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, he's light right now in the lower half. Um, I want to see what he looks like, kind of, you know, a, a year off, kind of see if he masked up with the frames. Like, I think he's a, a good project guy. And so I wouldn't be surprised. Like, you know, we, we get the Colton Millers, we get the Andre Dillards at this range. I like Sammy Cosby better. Mayfield looked pretty good through two weeks. This I mean, is offensive tackle. I just don't, I don't know who. I mean, who, I was going to say, if you're thinking about not going offensive tackle, we see the NFL reach for these guys all the time. Right. Uh, I will say, you know, this might be cheating, but right now if you look at the Bears offensive line depth chart, mm-hmm. they've got Alex Bars, Sam Mustafer, both of them uh, uh, recent Notre Dame grads, and they also just took Cole Komet in the second round. It's very clear that there's a pipeline there. So you want to make Liam Eikenberg a top 16 pick? Top half of the first round? He's not projecty. He's like, you know, I ready th- right now, but I he's just think- not... Yeah. High ceiling. Right. I, that's the thing. I don't think he goes this high because I think right. he's a nice offensive lineman. But as I was watching more of them, because I really got on him a, uh, a week or two ago and I've started to watch more of them. And I just don't know if he's a great athlete, you know? Yeah. And, and so like he's he's pretty solid of a player, but there there's speed guys inside and out that were really giving him fits, especially even this past weekend. And so I was, I was kind of like, ah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, no. I uh, I I remember watching him a couple years ago and just being like, I'm not sure if athletically this guy will ever really be, you know, kind of like a top tier tackle prospect. Okay, 
Let's go Jalen Mayfield out of Michigan. That's what I'm going to go for here. And and Beef. offensive tackle is weird. There's a lot of – it's a very thick class with a lot of risers. Uh, Trevor already took, you know, the biggest name one in, in, in Christian Darrisaw. With that said, Brady Christensen playing outside of his mind for BYU. Tevin Jenkins out of Oklahoma State just got the Senior Bowl invite. Like, there's a lot of really good offensive tackles. Or we should say really promising offensive tackles. Mayfield, you know, was entering here his second year of starting. Uh athletically just looks fantastic on the hoof. He's so good in space. Michigan's got this very option heavy multiple back sort of, you know, running game working right now with Joe Milton and all, all of their running back recruits. And Mayfield's a big part of getting them out onto the edge. There's work to be done as a pass protector. But if you're looking for a diverse running game or, or if you, you know, hire Arthur Smith and you're looking for a tackle who can be on the hoof for you on wide zone and be successful, Mayfield's your guys. There you go. Cleveland Browns up at number 17. I think I'm going to go pass rusher here. I'm not going Dylan Moses, even though I think that they could probably use a linebacker. I'm going to go pass rusher opposite Miles Garrett, who's been having a fantastic year. Let's give him a guy on the opposite side of the line of scrimmage. Kyle gave him Joseph Osai. I don't mind that. I think that that's a solid pick. I'm going to go Aziz Oshilari because I, I just got to cape for him a little bit. Ben put him on my radar. I was watching a little bit more of him as SEC play really started to ramp up, and Dude, he's good. I think he's awesome. So if you put uh, Ojolari on the other side of, of Miles Garrett, I think the great things are going to happen. These are two guys that really know how to get after the passer. I'm glad you did because I've seen a lot of Joseph Osai above him, and I really like what I've seen from Osai, and I think Aziz Ojolari is better. I do too. I'm, I'm, yeah. def- I'm, on, I'm on Team Ojolari. And Osai, yeah, you're right. I think that Osai is good, but mm-hmm. I thought Ojolari was very impactful when, I, when I've been able right. to watch him. So anyway, pick 18, Joseph Osai, Tennessee Titans. Um, Are you doing it? It makes sense. Sure. I mean, they got Clowney on a one-year. Landry looks like he's he's pretty much is who he is at this point. I don't think he's going to be a 10-sack-a-year guy. I'm not sure Osai is going to be that either. Um, but they're such a nice profile long-term. It allows you to take Rashawn Evans off the line of scrimmage a little bit more, which, you know, part of Rashawn Evans' value is that he can play in the line of scrimmage, but I just don't think, you know, besides obviously got a better build for that. I don't think you'd play permanent edge. I think that you can move him around a bit. You know, when you're when you're running your your fire zone lux, Ojolari dropping into coverage is a lot better than, like, Landry. Camelai Correa, they tried to, yeah, 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 this makes sense. Uh, you know, they tried to do that a lot with with Kemalai Correa when he was there. They do it with Harold Landry dropping them off when they're doing their interior rushes. And you're not going to get the versatility from those guys that you're going to get from Osai. Uh, so I think as a jack, as, as a move piece, maybe he's not going to be a high sack number dude. But to just round out that defensive line with a lot of versatile dudes, Joseph Osai makes sense. Everybody out there always looking for the... Next great protein bar. A protein bar that they absolutely love that they can enjoy at any time of the day. Whether it's right when you wake up, right before a workout, after a workout, as a meal replacement, whatever it is. We guarantee that Built Bar is going to have a protein bar that's going to fill that void you're looking for. They've got 18 incredible flavors. You can go to BuiltBar.com, check all those out and all the deals that they have. They have um, a lot of options where you could buy a whole box of protein bars. You could even do like a mix box where if you see two or three flavors that you really want to try... You could get a box of 18 that'll contain uh, a mix of those flavors. And then if you find one that you absolutely love, you can then, of course, go and get a full box of that on your next order. These bars, low in calories, low in sugar, but high in protein, high in fiber, and they don't taste like crap, which is really important because when you get bars that are often really great for your macros like this, they don't taste great. That's not what Built Bar does. They have... Enhance their entire formula, even from maybe the last time that you have had them. Um, 
And yeah, it's 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 truly one of the best protein bars that you could have. You go over to builtbar.com, use the promo code locked on. That's all caps, no spaces, locked on, or as Ben says, lock it down. Lock it down. You will get twenty percent off your next order. Use promo code locked on lock it down. I almost said it, lock it down. Use promo code lock it down, twenty percent off over at builtbar.com. Get yourself some of the best tasting protein bars on the planet. Ben, convince me. To not pick Devontae Smith at number 19 for the Philadelphia Eagles. No, do it. Dude, they desperately need a separator, man. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, Rager's still learning what he's doing as a route runner. Uh, Travis Fulgham for everything that he is. Like, they tried to run him on a little, you know, fake slant and then, then push it all over to the flat for a two-point conversion. And Fulgham was like, yo, my ankles do not do this, folks. Like, he's he's not, you know, a, a silky mover, as it were. Right now, their best slot option, their best, you know, win one-on-one route guys greg ward and that means that their best guy is not very good yeah. uh so no smith i'd be pleases pleases as punch i mean look man i want to pick Devonte smith here because if i'm the eagles i'm revamping this entire wide receiver room greg ward get him out quint quez watkins get him out john hightower out alshon jeffrey out they Artega just trapped john hightower i don't care get him out Take just him out. Cle- cleanse the entire room deshaun jackson out i don't give a damn we got three wide receivers Travis Fulgham, Devontae Smith, Jalen Rayer, and you fill out the rest of the, the wide receiver room and just, like, start fresh. Get everything from this year out of your mind. Put Carson Wentz at ease. Yeah, I'm taking Devontae Smith. I am really happy you took Devontae Smith. One, I think that he fits well with the Eagles. Two, because there's a player that often goes to the Eagles that I want to give to the Cardinals. Uh, you know, we, we talk a lot about the Miami Dolphins defense and the way that they've used cover zero man coverage along with those, those accompanying man coverage blitzes to really put unique heat and unique pressure on some of their, their opposing offenses. So if you look at blitz rates right now in the league, right, the Dolphins are fifth, 36% above them are the Ravens, the Steelers and the Bucks, all three names that you expect, but also the Arizona Cardinals and advanced Joseph he puts athletes on the second level, Isaiah Simmons, Jordan Hicks, Buda Baker. And he says, I might send six, I might send three. And you're not sure, and that's where I like you. I look at a player like Jeremiah Usu-Koromoa, overhang, star, Ooh. viper out of wow. Notre Dame, right? Playing 225, 230. Nice. Yes, they already have Jordan Hicks. But I, we talked about this with Isaiah Simmons. The the way you maximize that guy is by getting more guys who can be versatile around him. And the more versatile players you have, the more you can move Buddha and Simmons and Kortomoa around. When you add the Joker, it makes Simmons and Baker better because now you can do more creative things. Now you can disguise tendencies. You have so many guys who can do so many so much different stuff. So if you really want to lean into this style of defense, which I would recommend because I think that you know the league is showing that it can be valuable and impactful. Owusu Koromo next to Isaiah Simmons. Healthy, Trevor. Healthy. That is a very fun defense. That's a get, that gets a lot of fun. That starts getting real maddening if, yeah, if yeah, you're yeah. me. We're going to put athletes on the field and they're going to make plays. Listen, that's, yeah, that's, that's the name of the game for a lot of defense coordinators and they can figure it out with that stuff. So, uh, shoot, man, going Isaiah Simmons and then next draft you're going Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa. Hell of an investment. Put athletes there. on the football field. 21, New York Jets. Obviously taking Trevor Lawrence at number one overall in this draft. So here at 21, I'm going to have them take a player that I've been standing on the table for, and I'm going to stand on the table for him until we get some concrete evidence that I shouldn't. 
because right now I just feel like nobody's talking about him because obviously he's not playing, but Rondell Moore. I'm still going Rondell Moore here, one of the most electrifying players mm-hmm. in all of college football, pairing him with Trevor Lawrence. You have guys like Jamison Crowder. You, I mean, you might still have Rashad Perryman. You have Denzel um, Denzel Mims already there. And so throw in Rondell Moore, and we, we start to get a real nice offensive passing attack here with the New York Jets. Over Rashad Bateman. Yes. Denzel Mims and Rashad Bateman. Yeah, but think about this, though. Okay. Denzel Mims and Rondell Moore. I don't see it. Mm. I don't see the vision. <laughs> All right. Dolphins here at 22. Vision. Dolphins here at 22. Uh, this is the sort of place where if you don't take Mike Parsons at six, then you want Jeremiah Usukoromo Jeremiah at 22. I have ruined my own plans. Um, with that said, I've got Dylan Moses still on the board. And no, Dylan Moses is not the you know versatile lineup on the line of scrimmage do it all linebacker that gets popularized with the dolphins but still he can be a true mike for you which allows jerome baker to play the will and that's your your stack linebackers that you want and and the dolphins are are mostly going to be playing with two stack linebackers in general and then moses is a tremendous athlete in his own right he's not known for his athleticism because he's a really smart football player who at times is overthinking things and playing too cautiously. He's a very disciplined football player. So he's not just running around and hitting loose cannon style, but he is still a tremendous athlete. I think that the coverage ability is very nice as well because he's smart in zone and that's going to allow you to drop him off the line of scrimmage. He's going to be able to quickly react to hot routes and gonna be able to make plays on the football. So while there is a type of linebacker that we keep sending to the Dolphins, I don't think we should limit it to that. Dylan Moses at 22 makes sense to me. Andy's up right now, and I need to check their depth chart really quick because, you know, their big needs quarterback. There's not a quarterback on the board that we're really going to take for him. Maybe offensive line, but, like, probably not. Corner could. Obviously, there's some good corners that are left. J.C. Horn is still here. Eric Stokes is still here. Uh, Sean Wade is still here. Asante Samuel, a fit that I really love. But what about wide receiver? What about wide receiver for them? Because Michael Pittman Jr. is kind of coming into his own, but T.Y. Hilton's had a disappointing year. Zach Pascoe's been reliable, but could they use a guy like Rashad Bateman? Like, would Rashad Bateman be a better pick for Indianapolis than any of the corners that are left? Because defense is already playing at a high level, you know? Right. Now, yeah, like, I, I like, I saw I, Bateman versus Horn. I think Bateman's a better prospect. Yeah, right. That's, that's kind of where right. my mind keeps going. But there is like a law of diminishing returns, right? There is a mouths to feed sort of a, a theorem here, right? Whereas like if you're bringing Hilton and Hilton back, you still have Pittman. You're hoping to get Paris Campbell healthy. You've already got Phillip Rivers as your quarterback. So you know that you're going to get major Naheem Hines targets whether or not you want to because he just targets running backs like that, period. Unless you're talking about a different quarterback in place, I'm not sure how much value Bateman gives you immediately. Now, with a different, with no, the same whoa, whoa, defensive whoa, whoa, whoa. coordinator. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. T.Y. Hilton's contract is up. Okay. So if you want to make a, there's no more Hilton, then yeah, we're having right. a conversation here. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I, I didn't, I don't even think I realized that. I knew he was having a bad year, but I thought he had at least one year left on his deal. He's a free agent in 2021. Yeah, I'm not so sure that they're bringing Hilton back at this rate. Give me Rashad Bateman. Let's have a little fun. I have not seen Rashad I'm, Bateman. Listen, listen, listen. Rashad Colts. Bateman, I'm always in. Yeah, all right. Rashad Bateman here for the Colts. Baltimore Ravens are my gotta, spot. We got to hurry it up with these last eight. I know we say that literally every single week, but. 
Okay, Baltimore Ravens are my uh, 24 Baltimore Ravens. Uh, they need improvement on the offense. Devonta Smith's already been selected. I think Chris Olave is worthy of being a first-rounder. Uh, he's extremely good for Ohio State. He's a very polished route runner. He's got great athleticism. He can still be a deep threat, which is really important for them, but he's also an underneath separator, so he's going to win against man coverage. That's really good. Chris Olave to the Ravens, 24. Oh, that was a great one. That was good. And, and under time. You did a good job there. The Jacksonville Jaguars, we have them taking Justin Fields at number two overall they're now here at number 25 i know it's very popular to give him kyle pitts but kyle pitts is not here he went 10 picks earlier so this one wasn't even close i'm not giving him an offensive lineman if one of the really good ones slipped i'd think about it but no i'm not going that here instead i'm looking at corner there's two guys that are really on the radar here in jc horn and sean wade i've still got faith in sean wade I really do. And so even though J.C. Horn has really closed the gap between when these guys might be picked, and heck, J.C. Horn might have even overtaken Sean Wade with with, uh, the narratives that I've heard about Wade lately, I'm still leaning Wade here, and I'll give the Jacksonville Jaguars Sean Wade to play opposite C.J. Henderson. Las Vegas Raiders at 26, a team that is in desperate need of defensive help at a ton of different positions. Uh I don't like the way my edge room has fallen. Usually we have one of Ojolari or Osai here at this stage, and we don't. Yeah, so now right. you're on to the, the next uh, uh, stack, right, the next caliber of guys. I'm a big Carlos Basham fan. Will they like that player? Mm, I mean, they like big edges. They like guys who can run defend. I'm not saying Jalen Phillips has played himself into this level yet. I'm not ready to make that sort of a leap. <sighs> Help on the tier offensive line. Elijah Vera Tucker, maybe. Mm. Trevor, I'm sorry. I'm trying to go fast. No, this is it's a tough one. It's okay. I'm not I feel sitting, so bad. I'm not sitting here with a stopwatch, man. I just said that we got to go a little bit quicker. That's all. But I do have a stopwatch, and you are getting a little high yeah. on time. I'm giving them Carlos Basham. We okay. look at... Nice. Uh, the, the, they've obviously always prioritized athletes. I acknowledge that. And I don't think Basham's going to test outside of the roof. But with two, at 275, I think that he's going to be... An impressive, a quality athlete, regardless. They've also really prioritized production. And, and, and Carlos Basham has been an extremely productive TFL player for Wake Forest across the course of his multiple years of starting. Uh, when they drafted Cleveland Furl, it was with the hopes of getting a well rounded edge, a guy that could be sound against the run, big end, five technique, you know, on all three downs. Furl's been struggling. So we put in Carlos Basham and hopefully he fills that role for us in a more impactful way. Uh, I've done this before. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at number 27. I'm going to give them Alex Leatherwood because they really, they, they just can't go into next season with Donovan Smith as their left tackle. It just can't happen. He He's not a playoff caliber kind of left tackle. He can win you some regular season games, but there's going to be those stretches where he really kills you and, and you can't really have that as a team. And so even if Leatherwood is not an offensive tackle, which there is some worry about, I feel like the Bucks would be willing to maybe make some switches on the offensive line because they have a lot of guys that have played offensive tackle that have that swing ability. So kind of give me the most versatile and, and still pretty talented players, and I feel like the Bucks could give you uh, their best five out there and they can make it work. Harold Goodman's the offensive line coach in Tampa, and um, I got faith in him to, to make it happen. And so I'll go, I'm going to go Alex Leatherwood here just because I, I think it has to be offensive line. They have to do something to get Donovan Smith out. Yeah, similarly, Buffalo at 28, I feel like this has to be corner. Uh, you could look at, at linebacker, look at the offensive line a little bit, but they desperately need a corner two next to Trey White. 
Uh, and for me, I think that Eric Stokes is pretty much a perfect fit for what you do at corner. Buffalo asks for a lot of different things. You got to be able to be able to play both zone and man cover, and you have to be able to play man cover off. And you know, J.C. Horn, who we haven't drafted, has been so good. But I really think he's he's right now a press corner. He's got to play press man. He doesn't have much elsewhere. That's just not what Buffalo under Sean McDermott is going to be able to do. I don't think that they want to be a we're always in press, we're always in man sort of a team. So you get Stokes, plays outside corner for you. He's going to be able to play zone coverage, which is how you maximize Trey White next to Stokes. Very well-rounded. Ball production was always the question mark. He's been more productive on the ball this year, and you need those turnovers in the league. I think Eric Stokes plays himself into the first round. 28 to Buffalo makes a lot of sense. Green Bay, I'm debating two guys here, Liam Eikenberg and Rayshon Slater. I'm going offensive tackle since Dylan Moses is not on the board and the wide receivers. Uh, is there a wide receiver I'm really missing? Mm, Terrence no. Marshall? No, I mean, like, I, I don't mean to, like, hate on any of the guys that are left. They're really talented. But, like, for Green Bay, I think I'm still going offensive tackle. I'll go Eikenberg, I guess. I'll, I'll, go, I'll go Liam Eikenberg here at number 29 for Green Bay so they can bolster that offensive tackle spot. You went too fast, and I still have to figure out what I'm going to do for the Chiefs. Ah, okay. <laughs> Liam Eikenberg, 29. So I was prepared. Oh. All right, linebacker, no. Interior offensive line, Elijah Vera Tucker. Yeah, could, makes sense. Yeah, could, could. Yeah, I mean, they bring in Kalekeo Semele, right, to, to help bolster that interior this year, but they're still... I have significant needs at both center and the right guard spot. Or not significant needs, but you could say that they can improve on either. Or, excuse me, center and left guard. Nick, uh, Daniel Kilgore. Yeah, I mean, Vera Tucker, is he's tackle size. Wait, don't, don't so, isn't, isn't Trey Smith still on the board too? Or are you not thinking about him at all? I, I really like Trey Smith. I think Vera Tucker is playing himself into the round one conversation. Or at least, you know, we're kind of remembering how good he is now that USC is on our televisions. Um, it's tricky because he's not – he's tackle size, and the Chiefs prefer to be, I think, a little bit undersized and a little bit better movers. So maybe Creed Humphrey instead. But Creed Humphrey's also a pretty big boy. I'll take Creed Humphrey. I'm going to take Creed Humphrey at 30 because I think that they, they want that potential snapping, number one, and number two. I think they want the mobility a little bit more. Uh, so Creed Humphrey at 30 to the Chiefs. Uh, hold on, I'm doing some depth chart snooping for the Mac Jones Saints pick. Mac Jones at 31. Mac Jones. No, I'm not doing that. I'm not going quarterback here for him. They got to figure it out in a different area. They're not going quarterback at 31. Mac Jones. No, I'm not. <laughs> they're not going quarterback at 31. J.C. Horn. I want to pick J.C. Horn for him. Uh, Janoris Jenkins contract, and the reason why I was kind of like ooh is that he did sign a little bit of an extension. So he's not a yeah. free agent until 2023, but they do have a little bit of an out after this year, which is nice. It gets progressively less on the dead cap there for them. So they can move on from Janoris Jenkins if they want, or they can keep Janoris Jenkins around for another year. J.C. Horn could be a good third corner option for them and then take over when Janoris is done. So I'm going to go J.C. Horn here for the New Orleans Saints. I'm my final pick then. It's now the Pittsburgh Steelers at 32, the last undefeated team left. As we've talked about many times, Alejandro Villanueva, Matt Feeler, both of them are on contract years. Zach Banner dealing with the injury. Uh, they've you know got Kevin Dotson in there, and he's playing well for an undrafted free agent. But this offensive line needs help at a lot of spots. I like Rashawn Ray Slater for him out of, out of Northwestern. Excuse me, Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern. Slater's a mean dude, nice. and I think that 
that physicality translates very well to how Pittsburgh wants to be in the trenches. You can start him at offensive tackle, move him into guard. If that's not being successful, you probably have room at both spots, dance him around with the quarter four, try to figure out what you want there. But he's pro ready, in my opinion. So I think you put him out at left tackle in year one, right tackle in year one, and you're going to be successful on that, especially if he's surrounded with, with some of their veteran guys that, that they do end up retaining. So Slater at 32 to the Steelers, bring it on home. All right. So should I do a, should I do a big recap? Should I do a big recap of... I'll do a big recap. I'll do a rapid recap here. New York Jets at number one. They went Trevor Lawrence. Number two, the Jacksonville Jaguars went Justin Fields. Three, Washington football team, Zach Wilson out of BYU. Four, Dallas Cowboys, Quiddy Pay. That was a nice little shakeup in this mock. I really enjoyed that. Five, Los Angeles Chargers. They went Penny Sewell. They won the Sewell sweepstakes there. Number six, Miami Dolphins. They took Jamar Chase. Cincinnati Bengals, Christian Derrissaw, New York Giants, Micah Parsons, Carolina Panthers, Caleb Farley, Atlanta Falcons, Greg Rousseau. That rounded out the top 10. Denver Broncos picked Patrick Sertan. San Francisco 49ers ended up going Trey Lance. Ben noticed him very late and made sure that he didn't miss out on that one. Detroit Lions, Jalen Waddell. Minnesota Vikings, Wyatt Davis. New England Patriots, Kyle Pitts. Chicago Bears, Jalen Mayfield. Uh, Cleveland Browns, Aziz Ojolari. Tennessee Titans, Joseph Osai, Philadelphia Eagles, Devontae Smith in a what I just revamped the entire Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver room. Arizona Cardinals, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa a year after taking Isaiah Simmons, which was a very exciting pick. Then into the uh, the mid to late 20s, New York Jets, Ronnell Moore, Miami Dolphins, Dylan Moses, Indianapolis Colts, Rashad Bateman, Baltimore Ravens, Chris Olave, Jacksonville Jaguars, Sean Wade, Las Vegas Raiders, Carlos Basham Jr., Tampa Bay Buccaneers went Alex Leatherwood. Buffalo Bills, Eric Stokes. Green Bay Packers, Liam Eikenberg. Kansas City Chiefs, uh, Alive Vera Tucker. New Orleans Saints, J.C. Horn. And then Pittsburgh Steelers, Sean Slater. There we go. There's a little recap of this week's midweek mock draft. That was a lot of fun, Ben. I got, I got to admit, we switched it up a little bit on a couple of different teams, and I think it totally changed the landscape. It gave us a new mock. I felt like that was very fresh. That's what you got to do, man. You got to look at it from different angles. That way, when April comes, you are, you're still surprised by what happens. You still didn't know what's going to happen, but you were closer. We are trying to get people as prepared as they possibly can be. Uh, we got two more podcasts that we're doing this week. Thursday edition of the podcast where Ben and I pick and preview every NFL matchup coming up this week. And then, of course, Fan Friday. And it is going to be a very special Fan Friday. I, I already know what we're going to do for it. And... That's all I'll say. It's just going to be uh, one that you're going to want to tune into. It's going to be special in its own way. Until then, you guys keep it locked right here on Locked on NFL Draft.